Welcome to Clayton's HSC Business. This episode will be on the role of finance. For every syllabus dot point that I go through, it will be preluded by this sound. So we'll be looking at financial management, dealing with the analysis, interpretation and evaluation of all financial records of a business and the fact that it's a financial manager's responsibility to source finance. And this enables the business to achieve its long-term or strategic goals. Strategic role of financial management. So a business's strategic plan is the long-term plan for the business as a whole. And that covers five to 10 years, but it's constantly updated to deal with changes. It's a dynamic external environment in which the business operates. So they've got to effectively and efficiently ensure that the business continues to operate, continues to grow and achieve its future goals and objectives. And one of the toughest periods for a business is to survive in the first year of operations. So as we know, at the establishment phase, many challenges come our way. And that's the same in finances, particularly for a small business. So during the first phase, the short-term financial objective is to ensure they can cover their costs, pay their bills, and ultimately make a bit of a profit. In the long term, though, this does change. They do have broader financial goals. And finance managers plan the financial aspects of a business for years into the future. And the reason they do this is to achieve the goals and objectives which have been identified by the owners and managers at the start of the business journey. So in Australia, during the first six months of the 2014 financial year, the Australian Securities and Investments Commission, ASICS, recorded over 5,500 business-related bankruptcies. So that gives you an idea of some of the financial problems that a lot of businesses come to. And as a result of this, financial managers need strong accounting knowledge and skills to interpret and analyse a business's financial data. Accounting is the language of the financial aspects of the business, and this is what's used to measure, process and communicate financial information. Objectives of financial management. A main goal of many business owners is simply to become wealthy, but there are different ways to measure the financial success of a business. The first measure owners look at is how much profit their business is making. So that's how much revenue remains after all expenses have been paid. The financial manager's objective includes profitability, growth, efficiency, liquidity and solvency. So their job is to make short and long-term funding decisions on debt and equity sources, developing financial policies like cash control or borrowing, and making the best use of the financial resources they have, which could be very scarce. So what the owners can do, they can reinvest the money back into the business to help it grow, or they can withdraw money for their own use. On the balance sheet, when they do withdraw it for their own use, this is called drawings, if it's a sole trader or a partnership, and they're named dividends for a company. Another thing that owners may do, which might be something that convinces you to go into business, they can reward themselves by using their profit to buy a luxury car or go overseas. And the role of financial management, what you have to do is develop a tactical plan where you identify your short-term objectives that enable the finance to support the whole business in achieving its strategic goals. And when you analyse this data from one year to the next, you start to spot trends. And what the financial manager will do, they'll use the changes in trends to determine whether the business is making more money and if it's more stable than the previous year. Sole traders. A useful guide to determine whether a sole trader is making a worthwhile profit is to compare their profit to the average annual income in Australia. 
So sole traders need to ask themselves whether they're making enough profit to justify the hard work, the stress and the risk of earning a business. So if a sole trader is working seven days a week and earning less than, say, seventy-five to 80000 a year, it may be more financially rewarding and secure to become an employee rather than owning a business. Profitability. Well, this is probably the most recognisable financial objective, as nearly all businesses seek to increase profit through increased sales and decreased cost. The return on this capital is the amount of profit returned to share owners or shareholders, and that's expressed as a percentage of their original capital investment. So what owners can do, they can reinvest the profit into their business or withdraw part or all of their share of the profits from the business. So an example would be, if one of the owners in a partnership invested 100 grand of her money when the business is established, at the end of the first year, that owner receives 25 grand. Therefore, the owner's return is 25%. Profitability is measured using net profit calculated in the income statement. Gross profit. So gross profit is the profit made on the sale of goods after paying the cost of purchasing them from the wholesaler and transporting them to the business ready for sale. So basically that's sales revenue minus COGS. Alternatively, it's the cost of buying the inputs that are transformed into goods for sale. So the gross profit figure doesn't take into account any other expense. Net profit. Net profit's the final amount of revenue remaining after all expenses have been paid. So for a financial manager, it's good because they're able to work out whether the business is making enough profit from its investment by calculating and analysing the gross profit ratio and the net profit ratio. So earnings before interest and tax is a much more precise measure of profitability than net profit is. That's because it measures the profit made directly from the operations of the business. Growth. Increased output results in more sales, which obviously then leads to increased revenue and therefore profit. That also depends on expenses being well managed. There's a few ways growth can be achieved. One is increasing the physical size of the business, so you may expand or move to a larger office. Another one is increasing the value of the assets in the business. And there's also increasing sales and profits, increasing market share, opening more branches overseas or in Australia, taking over or purchasing a competitor, having a merger with another business in the same industry, you might diversify and you might expand the business's range. Efficiency. Efficiency is related to profitability because a business can increase its profit when it decreases its costs. So you can calculate efficiency using the expense ratio. So total expenses divided by total sales is a pretty good way of doing it. And that result's written as a percentage. So the lower that result, the more efficient and cost-saving is the business. Efficiency is also gained if a business can achieve the same level of profit from a smaller amount of inputs. So a small manufacturing business may have the latest equipment, so it may make the same level of profit as a larger manufacturer that has older, less technologically advanced equipment. Another measure of efficiency is the business's ability to collect its accounts receivable. So many businesses sell on credit to those clients with whom they have a good relationship. The accounts receivable turnover ratio calculates how many days, on average, it takes customers to pay their invoices. Liquidity. Liquidity is a measure of how quickly an asset may be converted into cash and therefore determines the ability of the business to pay short-term debts as they fall due. Assets in order of liquidity include 
Current assets are expected to be used or converted into cash within 12 months. So you've got cash, which is the most liquid asset. You've got your accounts receivable, which is quite liquid as debtors are expected to pay their accounts within a short time. That's known as a credit period. You've also got inventory. That may take some time to sell and convert to cash, which then makes it a bit less liquid. You also have your non-current assets. These are the least liquid because it takes a lot of time to advertise and negotiate the sale of these non-current assets and specifically converting them into cash. So they have an economic life and are used to earn revenue for the business for more than 12 months. Current liabilities are debts that are due to be paid within 12 months. And this could be accounts payable, bank overdrafts, short-term loans and interest payable on all loans. And finally, liquidity is affected by the ability of the business to collect its accounts receivable. If the business can't collect them in a short time, it can't convert accounts receivable to cash very quickly. Despite despite having a good measure of liquidity, the business may find it does not have enough physical cash to pay its liabilities. So if you're going to successfully manage the finance of a company, you need to monitor the costs on a continuous basis. And you do this through budgets and control of the liquidity to minimise the cost of having too much cash available or to pay the liabilities or the risk of not having enough cash to pay creditors on time, which could become problematic. But if you monitor things carefully, management can calculate the amount of funds available for the day-to-day running of the business. The way we work out the liquidity ratio, which is also known as the current ratio, is current assets divided by current liabilities. So if you have twice as many current assets as you have current liabilities, that's seen as a healthy liquidity ratio. Short term and long term. So a business probably wants to source the cheapest funds available for the finance necessary to pursue its goals. But sometimes that's not always possible. A business may need its costs spread over a long period of time to make for a viable venture. So in the short term, costs may increase and profits decrease due to a policy of growth and expansion. In the long term though, increased sales and improved efficiency may lower the overall costs and provide increased profits. Also, if goals are deemed unattainable, some objectives may need to be eliminated or adjusted. If another business goal is to be environmentally responsible, then the financial manager may not be able to choose the least expensive method of waste disposable, as this is often bad for the environment. So as a result of this, businesses need to prioritise their goals and may need to align their order of importance with the business environment and the values in society. So businesses today see the triple bottom line as a much more realistic and acceptable measure of success in the long term. The triple bottom line is firstly financial achievements, which are profit levels and business growth. Secondly, social concerns. So that's the impact on people inside and outside the business. So an example of this would be working conditions or contribution to the community. The third one are the effects on the natural environment. So this might be improving or at least limiting or reducing the impact on pollution levels. Interdependence with other key business functions. So the financial manager must allocate adequate funds to each department to be able to operate successfully. They also need to develop budgets and cost controls for each department. So for example, if marketing is provided with large funding so that operations does not have enough money to keep up supply, then the money spent on marketing will be wasted. And that is the end of another Claydon's HSC business episode. So go over that, that aligns with the textbook, Um, ensure you understand each part of it and then you will be on your way to understanding the first part of finance.
Thanks for listening.